Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. You've done that one before. I'm taking my shoes off and my feet are hot. I slipped my shoes off while I was talking to my boss today in his office and I was like, my feet smell (laughs) in these shoes. It's gross, they're leather, but mm, I was was acutely aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) When that happens, I always just wonder if the smell, like, is only coming to your own nostrils. No, it's not. Is someone across... Other people? Yeah, I think so. Right. I reckon. My hairdresser has dried my hair funny. So it's all strange. I hate that. She does it really flat. That's how you're going to look when you're dead and they fix your hair. Oh, no. You know, you won't look like you because you haven't done it. It's thin and weird hair anyway. Yeah, you won't look like you. Like a dead person. Let's just start recording. No, don't because it's embarrassing. (laughs) Have you already? (laughs) No. Yeah, we should. Don't start without me. Do not. Welcome to the Dead Bodies podcast, everyone. And I'm starting this and Dee Dee is not ready. And I'll tell you while I'm starting because Dee Dee has come in to this episode with a story that I've already comprehensively covered. This is like when another television network does a first on that we've already done. And we look at it and we say, we've already done that shit. When did we do? So it's Anatoly. Thanks for Moskvin. listening to all our episodes. You didn't even know that I'd done that story the whole time. I was look at the work I've put into it. I stapled. There's five pages there. Um, I'll tell the story, seeing as I owned it. It's the story about a man who robbed children's graves for their bodies, and yes. then he kept them as dolls. And his mum and his dad didn't know that their house was full of dead blah, children. Blah 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 blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Um, done it. Kristen, Gemma, and Christy were all sending us messages saying, "Can you guys do this story?" So well, they, who I'm are not they? the only one. What who are didn't their names? Kristen, no, Gemma, and who? Christy, go back, mate, because I've already <sighs> done that. You can listen to it on a different episode. Oh, what's this? This other story that I've just pulled out of nowhere. Do you want to go first, or will I? You go first. Let's see what else. Well, you've actually, got. sure, we I haven't have done that story yet. Pretty much. What I don't was think... that? What was that uh, listener who was angry about our? Babble at the start. Yeah. I oh, know we've had some pro babble. Nicole. Nicole, yeah. Okay. We've had She'll be s- loving this episode. There is Nicole will be back. absolutely loving this sick. It's a mess, isn't it? Yeah. Have we done uh, Armin <laughs> Muse? Now I'm worried. Everything's worrying me. I don't think so. Why are you bopping up and down I in don't your know. chair? I'm on edge. It's a really big court day tomorrow and I'm on edge. Have Can't you tell you why. Today? By the time you listen to this, you'll know why it was a big story. Have I eaten? Uh, yeah, I had you a are, Vietnamese roll. You are hyper. I'm on edge. Uh, this is from Penny, and you've also a story from Penny. So we're just Penny. Thank you Penny for this. Um, Penny gave us a few tips of stories, and here's one of them: uh, a notorious German cannibal by the name of Armin Muse, who killed. And eight, a 43-year-old computer technician by the name of Bernd Branders. Computer technician would be the worst person to eat. Why? Well, I don't know. There'd be There's a lot of fashion under there. at a desk all day. Mm. Sorry if there's any computer technicians listening, but I don't think you'd be the greatest person to eat. I feel like they'd be sinewy. Mm. Maybe not fat, but sinewy. Yeah. Uh, this happened back in 2001. They met after – so Brandis put a um, – this is the one who was eaten. He put an ad online saying, dinner or your dinner. 
and uh, offered the chance to eat me alive because most people do advertise themselves as fresh meat. Um, Armin Muse was 42 from Rottenberg. I'm so disappointed I can't do Anatolian Moskvin because I had a whole Russian accent ready to go. I don't think I Russian. did mine with an accent. I was going speaking in Russian. That, I was so ready. I even practiced it today at the kitchen bench. You know what? I was watching um, the Sunday night Michael Jackson story last night. Yes. Did you see that victim with that accent? I think I was watching another network's version of you the were story. Watching 60 Minutes. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so I was watching the better programs. The network night. that you were for. I apologize. Yeah. And this victim, I feel bad for him because he's a victim. He mm. had this very distracting accent that I just couldn't get over. What I'm not going to do it? it. I don't know. We was together. Our bodies was together. I was on this side and he was behind me and he put his arm around me. It's like Swedish or something. Kazakhstanian. Even Nico looked at me at one point. He was like, I can't get past this guy's accent. And I wonder if people think it's that hard, about you. Isn't it? About I mean, me mm. when I do it. Well, well, we're back with German. I've done German Curse before. No nothing. one wants to hear that again, do they? Uh, Armin Muse, who is 42 years old from Rottenburg, said he... Uh, decorated the table with some nice candles. He took out his best dinner service. He fried a piece of rump steak mm. that he took from the back of oh. burned brandies in 2001. He made what he called princess potatoes. What would that be? Is that Duchess potatoes? We had to make them in high school. You mash the potato, lots of butter, you had to pipe it into little pointy things and then oh, bake it in the oven. Oh, that's very 80s. That would be princess potatoes, wouldn't it? I'm and Googling. Brussels sprouts, which I do like. Princess potatoes. Yeah. Mm, it's not coming it out. It could just be no, I think he's Oh it is. You're exactly oh. right. That's exactly what it is. Well, we call it's them the Duchess same potatoes. as Duchess potatoes. Oh. Uh is the top of Shepherd's Pie. Right? Yes, yum. Mm. There's a documentary called uh, Doc's Interview with a Cannibal. So Muse said, after I prepared my meal, I ate it. The first bite was of course very strange. It was a feeling I can't really describe. I'd spent over 40 years longing for it, dreaming about it. And now I was getting the feeling that I was actually achieving this perfect inner connection through his flesh. The flesh tastes like pork. They always say that. They always say it tastes like pork. Only stronger, he said. Pork leaves that taste in your mouth after you eat it. I love you know that pork. taste? It like, but I feel like it's only Australian pork that tastes like that. I love pork. Pork I really overseas do. doesn't taste I could the same. have it every day. Muse became the first person in Germany to be charged with murder for sexual satisfaction or what they called love cannibalism. So after they met, they went to Muse Farmhouse, which was in quite an isolated area. They had sex. Oh. Uh, but then Brandes, the one who wanted to be eaten alive, um, Muse says that Brandes was That was wasn't, unexpected. Yeah. The sex part. I know. Uh, Muse said that Brandis wasn't satisfied with the sex because he wanted to be eaten alive. So Brandis, the one who wanted to be eaten alive, swallowed 20 sleeping tablets with half a bottle of schnapps. That'll do it. And then Muse cut off his penis, <gasps> he says, with his agreement and fried it for them both to eat. And Is that a charge? If I say to you, I I permit and allow you, I don't have a penis, to cut off my arm. Don't you? No, I don't. Do you have access to one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I – Kirst has lost it. If, 
If I said that, yes. can you get charged? Well, I wouldn't think so, no, because if you've given permission and you've actually asked for it, if you are going to bob up and down in your seat the whole time. Shana Sorry, Bella. I'm on edge. I'm going to message a cop mate of mine. Not. Might not get an answer, but this could be like they fried the radio penis. solutions. Do you think, you know how sausages, when you take them out of the packet, are floppy? When you cook them, they go stiff? Yeah. What do you think a penis would do when you fried it? Well, I want to say it goes it goes stiff. You would think so, wouldn't doesn't. you? doesn't. Maybe it didn't. It's a lot of muscle, though, so it would contract. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it will, I reckon it will go short and hard. Stop it. Uh, Muse then ran a bath for Brandis, who's probably suffering major blood loss at this point because uh, he, he read a Star Trek novel and checked on him every 15 minutes. He eventually killed him in the early hours of the morning by stabbing him in the neck and then chopping him into pieces. He put some bits in the freezer. He buried his head in the garden. What for? Why would he bury his head in the garden? Um, he filmed most of this and 19 minutes of the four-hour video were later shown during his trial. I made the stupid mistake. No. Yes, I did. No. Of looking at the some of the pictures. I don't know how they've ended up online Why? where the body is hanging upside down like a, you know, when you see a, a oh, thing in a butcher's shop. Oh, what you texted shop. us about. Yeah. And it's been cut down the middle and there's a bucket underneath to catch all the butt. I won't do any more than that. I know we do talk about dead bodies. It's seriously was sickening. Um, so they did show some of what he filmed during the trial. In the documentary on this, they said that the video was too disturbing to show, so it's not shown in the doco. So Muse has become known as Der Metzgermeister mm. or the Master Butcher. And he blames his dad for his behaviour. He says his dad abandoned his family when he was just five years old and he was left as the man of the house. His older brothers left. And it was after the death of his mother that he came across the world of cannibalism online. He found these, these and there are, there are chat rooms of people who want to be eaten. He was arrested in December 2002. Um, police were tipped off by a young Austrian student that he'd killed and eaten someone. So he didn't make any secret of it. He was telling people. So police went to his home. They found some meat that he'd he'd been telling others that it was wild pig in his freezer. And the freezer had a false bottom in it where he was hiding human body underneath. At his trial, several men testified that there was a large network of people who wanted to eat flesh. And some of them had connected online. So it's possible that more, there are more cases of this that haven't as yet been uncovered. Um, he said during his trial that his obsession became um, began when he was a teenager. Um, but after he'd done this to Brandis, he said he uh, had my big kick. I don't need to do it again. I would say don't believe him. I reckon he's going to. I reckon he's going to taste for it now. He said his victim came to me of his own free will to end his life. For him, it was a nice death. He was convicted of manslaughter in 2004, jailed for eight years. And here's the kicker. During his time in prison, he is reported to have become a vegetarian. And there's a picture of Armand Muse that will go up on our social media. And there is a picture of the um, Brandis, who is the one that got eaten. I just messaged my cop mate. I said, question, if I ask someone to cut off my arm and I give them permission, then they do it, can they be charged? Yes. He hasn't read it yet, but I felt it was necessary to send another message saying, I still have both my arms, by the way. Yes. And if he replies, can you tell us, please, if you were going to eat me, 
Which bit would you eat mm, first? That's inviting trouble. I can't ask him that. No, don't ask him that. I'm not offering. <laughs> oh. No, if you were going oh. to eat me. Oh. Um, and can, and would you be? I feel like thigh. I think with anyone I'm eating thigh. Yeah. We've I... said this before. Have we? Yes. I'm just having a whole, like, my brain's doing – I'm just going to repeat every episode that we've recorded up till now. I'm going to do everything again. No, what's with you? I don't know. I don't know. Got a story? Got a story. Again, thank you, Penny, for bringing this to our attention. So we're going to New South Wales in August of 1994. Mm-hmm. A crew of early morning fishermen were out on their trawler. The trawler was called the Lady Marion, casting nets for squid in the mouth of the Hawkesbury, uh, northwest of Sydney. Squid squid is delicious. Yes, it is. Isn't that like an onomatopoeia name? Oh, wow. Onomatopoeia, every time I see ya. It's a Todd Rundgren song. Onomatopoeia, every time I see ya. My senses tell me how bad I just can't disagree. I got a feeling in my heart that I can't describe. It's sort of blub, 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 blub. It's something in my head that I can't describe. It's sort of zoom, zip, hiccup, pick, drip, ding, dong, crunch, crack, bark, meow, whinny. So when the word sounds like what it is, so if it's a word... The word click sounds like a click. The word um, bong sounds like bong, but not just sounds. Let me think of another one. Well, squid sounds like what it is. Lid. Squid. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Squid. It sounds like beef. a slippery. Like beef sounds like beef. <laughs> right? Um, That's where you're yes. going with this. Kind of. Does that make sense to you? I love Fish. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Beef is a good um, one though. Crispy. Just... Crispy. Crispy sounds like. Frying. Yeah. Like you wouldn't use the word crispy to describe custard. Are we learning English here? Well, you've learnt a new word on a like... Can I take, I'll give you another one. No, let's just keep going with the story. I will. Synesthesia. My mother has this thing called synesthesia, which is like a brain condition. When people speak, my mum sees the words floating in the air what? and they are different colours. So if I said your name to her and said what colour is that, she sees the word Chanel floating there and she'll tell me what colour. I don't know what like colour. Like lisp. Lisp is onomatopoeia. Yeah. Mum has synesthesia okay. and she thought her whole life, she thought everyone else saw the same thing. Oh. And so it's something to do with the brain where the rest of our brains say, you would say, hi, my name's Chanel, and I would say, oh, that's nice to meet you. Her brain does a little extra thing where it creates the word and gives it a colour. Anyway, go on. Anyway, off we go. Hmm. So that morning as they lifted the net, they discovered the net was caught on a rope anchored by a steel frame. Mm. As they struggled to lift the net, they discovered something troubling uh, and then they they dumped yeah. the net. The boat's captain, uh, Mark Peterson, said, as I pulled it in, I saw there were plastic bags tied to it and then I saw a bone stuck out of one of the bags. Ooey, ooey. A body wrapped in plastic was tied to a steel-framed crucifix. <gasps> Wires and ropes around the torso, wrists and neck bound the remains to the cross. Scientists at the Institute of Forensic Medicine in Glebe estimated the body had been submerged for somewhere between 6 and 12 months. 
That's a real body, not like a, yeah, they haven't taken a, a Jesus down out of a church. No. And, the description of the man was crude and unspecific, a vague European extraction, 160 to 166 centimetres tall, aged between 21 and 46. That's large age. Yeah. Gap there. So basically they're just ruling out fetuses. Yeah. <laughs> Anything above that yeah. could be. There were no missing persons reports that matched these descriptions and in any case police had very little to go par- go by. Mm. It was almost as if the man had gone out of his way to be unidentifiable or someone had taken pains to ensure that this was the case. He had no personal belongings on him save for a packet of cigarettes and a lighter. His clothing was unmarked and mass produced mm. and everything Australia polo shirt and no sweat track pants, both sized medium. He wasn't exactly dressed up to be crucified, no. was he? No. Now, being 1994, there was no DNA te- technology then, so six to 12 months in the murky water had eroded his fingerprints anyway. Mm. Um, his facial features were also hard to make out, and that compromised any DNA that may have been available for extraction. So they actually couldn't get any DNA from the body anyway. A facial reconstruction was done based on his oh, bone structure. It's so amazing, isn't it? Yes. And this was splashed across news bulletins and papers for months as police struggled to identify the crucified man. He looks we terrifying. Have that, and we will put that on our social media. Well, it's not. It's, it's a. Do you reckon they used his actual bones to make that? No. But it looks terrifying. They're it having looks a like laugh a stick 'em up mask. They're you know, having like a in the robbery. Yeah. <laughs> but what are those eyebrows? Like, seriously. They've gone hard on the European element, I can tell you that much. Um, The media dubbed him Rack Man based on the steel frame he was attached to. They could have come up with so many better names than that, right? Rack Man. Crucifix something would have been better. A reward was increased over time until it hit $100,000, but no credible information was received. It seemed that nobody in Australia knew the man and those who did were keeping quiet for obvious reasons. Oh, it's a drug killing or something, is it? I don't know. You'd think it might go that way, hey. Without a victim, it's hard to find a suspect. What was clear, though, was that this was a deliberate and meticulous killing. The steel frame crucifix was custom built. The welding job was professional and concise and the cross frame matched the man's wingspan perfectly. That's the creepiest part. Isn't it? So they did they make it. it before or after? And did they kill him on it or did they strap it to him after they killed him? Maybe he's not from Australia. Maybe he was visiting from overseas. What, right. someone just comes here from overseas and they just time to a rack and throw him in the Maybe was in the bay or something? Maybe if there was an inheritance at stake. I'm just guessing. Oh, okay. You know? It was also far too heavy for a single person to have lifted and dumped that crucifix, into the river, suggesting there was more than one person involved. Due to the religious nature of such a crucifixion, it was thought that a satanic cult may have been responsible. Police investigated a number of shady missing persons, convicted drug dealer Joe Biviano from Sydney. They go through a whole lot of different ones. Chris Dale Flannery, known to underworld figures as Mr. Rent-A-Kill, and gambling addict uh, Matt Tanchevsky. I'm going to say, who went missing in Sydney's Newtown in 1993 with $1,800 cash. All of those were dismissed, though, due to discrepancies in height, dental records didn't match, and other identifying factors. 
Detective Chief Inspector John Lehman from the New South Wales Unsolved Homicide Team said that until the victim is identified, it is near impossible to pin the murder on anyone. It's impossible that advancements in forensic science will help or that someone with a conscious will tell what they know. Why would you? Can't they get DNA from the bones? Well, they did at 9-11, didn't they? When we did that 9-11 story, they were crushed them and kept getting... Maybe something uh, happens when they've been in the water for so long. Until then, Rackman lies in the fridge at the Sydney Mall. Ah. Mm. It sounds like an execution kind of thing, doesn't it? I feel like it's so plausible that he's just someone that came from overseas and didn't have any family where he came from. And Why then someone, someone knocked him? him off. Why? For an inheritance. How would they inherit his money? Maybe, no, maybe it wasn't his money. Maybe it was him and some other bloke left, last man standing, so they knocked him off and then the murderer got the inheritance because no one knew where this guy was. Oh. It's kind of creepy that they'd made a thing especially his size. And then all the missing persons reports would be overseas and no one would ever know. Rackman. Thanks, Penny, for your help with that. Solved it. Uh, a bit of feedback. This is from Kerry, and if you are on our Facebook page, you will have seen these pictures. It's rather odd. Um, I think I mentioned this in one of our previous episodes. Um, She wanted us to look into La Pascualita, so I had a look at it. It's a mannequin in a bridal shop in Tawawa in Mexico. Oh, that's tequila, not Tawawa. It's really bizarre. So it's a a mannequin with a bride dress on and it's been in the shop for over 75 years. But a lot of people think that it was an actual human bride, the theory being that um, it was the daughter of the woman who runs the shop that she was bitten by a black widow spider and she died and they've somehow embalmed her body and they're using her as the mannequin in the shop because the hands in particular look like dried up hands although having you know if I had been allowed to talk again about Anatoly Moskvin my story that you stole weeks and months ago stole um, in the past then we would have learned that when a body is like even if you try and preserve it it still shrinks and decays and stuff and this dummy or mannequin hasn't shrunken and this you know it has I don't think it is real but gee it's the most life-like life-like and creepy looking thing so um I hate that and what's that creepy life-like dummies Mm. Mm. I like it when they've got huge eyes and really good eye makeup on uh that's from Kerry and from Erin hi ladies nice things nice things I have listened to the podcast up while I'm at work I recently started a job as a dissector For a university in their anatomy department, I dissect bodies so that various structures are visible and the students can use them to learn anatomy. That's good. The first dead body I saw wasn't a full body but a torso without the head in an anatomy class when I was studying at uni. I didn't see a whole cadaver until a couple of years after that while I was doing an internship at a university anatomy lab. Since then, I've probably seen over 30 full bodies and countless sections of cadavers. Why do I find the sections Mm. worse than the full ones? I don't want to see cuts in them. No, neither. Well, you know when, like, you see autopsy stuff and there's that cross across the chest? Yeah, the Y-shape. Sliced open? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I don't like that. 
Erin uh, says, I don't find being around dead bodies strange at all, especially after they've been embalmed, as they really do seem like objects. This doesn't mean I treat them, uh, don't treat them with respect and dignity. It's just easy to distance myself from what I'm doing and not get caught up in imagining who the person was. Yeah, I get that. Uh, she says, I love speaking to people about my job and death in general because I think it's incredibly important to normalise these kinds of conversations. So, what? Uh, yes, but don't make it too normal because then it won't be interesting to listen to a podcast about it. Like we don't want this to be just so, you know, normal, like a shopping list or something <laughs> that no one bothers to tune in. Uh, she says, I'm always glad when I come across another piece of media that covers death in any capacity. Happy to be of service, Erin. Uh, thanks for putting the time in it. Have a lovely afternoon, says the lady who slices up bodies for a living. I got a message back from my oh. cop contact. Yes. He said, well, if you didn't, because I said I still have both my arms. Well, if you didn't, I would impress because you <laughs> typed that message very well. Oh, yeah, with your nose or something. He said uh, it would still be considered a serious injury and you can't consent to a serious injury. Huh. Yep. That's so defence would be up for a fight. The only way to get around, um, what did he say? Amicable contest is a defence for a fight. So that's the only way to get around seriously injuring someone. And then he wrote me another message saying don't hurt Nick. Yeah, well, that's because, yes. Do you see how everyone Everyone's knows? worried. Yes, Everyone's worried. I'm sorry just to have a thought that went off in the wrong direction, but if you had lost one of your arms and you were yeah. trying to text now and your thumb got... I think I'd still be can, good. Okay, both arms are gone. Can you use your nose to text with? No. I've never tried it. Is that working? Yeah. It does. <laughs> Yeah, that's but good. It's hard to see what you're pressing. There's a You'd really important feedback. There's a very important one. Can I just have those two there for a moment? Because there's one I need to, as I hand it to you, just Can I also apologize. say that particular cop, I won't name him because he's a contact, yes. but I have messaged him weird questions like that before, so I don't think he's overly surprised. Okay. <laughs> like just ponderings that I've had, and I just start by sending a message saying, question, then I wait for him to reply, yes, and then I tell him the weird <laughs> question. Mm. Um, you're going to start this one. I need to explain and apologise. Basma and Sabrina. Okay. Right. I asked you about them. You did off air last, last time, time we sat down. Yes. And, and all right. So there was an email for, from you lied. them. I did, but I didn't mean to. Why were so, you harbouring Basma and Sabrina from me? Because I thought I'd already. Get, in fact, I'm not convinced that we haven't already done this one. But I thought I'd given it to you. So they sent a little email saying. Just checking whether you got our last message and they said, we, we're not trying to be on the podcast. We just want to make sure our good wishes got through to Chanel. And I went, oh, no, maybe I forgot to print it out and give it to you. So You withheld information and you didn't even print it out. Yes. Anyway, sorry. they're back. How about I you love check them. the emails yourself? No, I can't. It still right. makes me nervous. I rest my case. And be glad you don't because I knew this would happen. I get so many emails every day. Someone sent a very unsavoury let me just say this. I've got little folders. Yeah, Kirsten kind of saw it because a couple of the boys the other night, I showed it to them at work here. And like they were mean about us or they sent us gross No, stuff? no, no. It's just oh. sort of disgusting. I've had to – so I've got little subfolders and I've got a folder of ones that have been used in an episode and there are some that I just sort of reply and acknowledge. Yeah. There's a new subfolder in our email called Gross and right. it's in there. Okay. I'm not going to look at it. And I'm not going to describe it. And the man who sent it. He knows that he shouldn't have. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, he did, and it's revolting. And I just I get. Wish I, hadn't seen I it. feel like I'm not ready to to look at the dead bodies email yet. 
Do you I want me to tell you get... what it was? Aren't you even curious? No. What it was? I get about 75 emails a day from the three different courts plus work emails. It's a lot. I get overwhelmed. You don't have Plus to then I get up. catch of the day emails and McDonald's actually emails me all the time. <laughs> they told me they had $1 large thick shakes today. I don't unsubscribe to them because sometimes I'm on edge and I need to know what McDonald's <laughs> can offer me. Anyway, hello, Dee Dee and Chanel. And Kirsten, she's put you in there. Yes. You probably already know because Dee Dee would have told you and not me. Oh. oh, they start off by saying something really nice. Chanel, we're so happy and excited for you. Congratulations on your engagement. Hopefully wedding planning doesn't drive you absolutely insane because I'm sure nobody would want Nicholas to mysteriously vanish. <laughs> True. Also, just to clarify, we never explicitly mentioned how old we are, but we also didn't exactly clarify it the first time when you guys assumed we were in uni. We did assume. We did assume. Yeah, we did. So we probably could have been more forthcoming, but technically we didn't lie. Just for the sake of openness, we are in fact Year 12 students from Sydney. And don't worry, our parents are perfectly fine with us listening to and loving your podcast. Nice things, nice things. Basma and Sabrina our real names, but from now on we'll call each other Barry and Sam. <laughs> Thanks for the nicknames, Chanel, because I said we didn't know who they were. They could have been anyone. They're from Sydney. I really had in my brain they'd be from Victoria. Yeah, I felt like they were too. Mm. Yeah, I felt like they were at Melbourne Uni or something. Yeah, I've only been to Sydney once, twice, twice in my life. I felt it was very different to Melbourne. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable. It's too fast. It's so, so it's so way fast. too fast. Everyone's busy. Everyone needs to be there somewhere where they not where they're not at the time. Mm. And it's very tunnely tunnels everywhere. Yes, I um, just feel like we're really multicultural and then laid back in Melbourne. Yes, we are. We're more historical and we more coffee. We drink more coffee and we dress in more black. True. Um, email from Miranda in New Zealand. She says, "Hi, ladies. Nice things. Nice things." Um, now, Miranda is the one who told us about visiting the Body World's Plastination oh, yes. okay. exhibition when it yep. came to Auckland a year ago. Um, she showed her eight-year-old son smoke his lungs there. Right. Good. Good way yes. to give a lesson, yes. Um, and she says, P.S. Chanel could elope to where? Rot- is that a place? What? Rot- Rotorua? Rotorua? Rotorua. It's Rotorua. in New Zealand. Rotorua. That's what I said. Rotorua? <laughs> oh. Is that a place? Thanks, Chanel. We have, do you know what? We have blessed them all. Hi, everyone. We're peaking in New, Zealand. in New Zealand. We are. New Zealand is into death in a big way. They are. They made the casketeers. They're so into it. My dog Barry's from New Zealand, so. But thanks to that little Kiwi. mangling of one of their, their lovely landmark locations. Rotorua. <laughs> is that why I said that right? Said I don't think wrong. it's getting any better. You say it. No, I'm not going to. I don't want to offend them. You have to just look oh. on switch. That's it. Unsubscribe. Well, she said that we could elope there without telling anyone, thus avoiding the Greek wedding and being able to dispose of Nicholas's body. Isn't that where the bubbling mud is? In a in a place, she wrote Basma and Selena. Basma and Sabrina. <laughs> Apologies for all the wrong names. Would hopefully approve of win win. I say. 
It's the Everyone has I'm accepted sure the fact that I'm getting married and they're also still accepting the fact that I'm going to kill Nico one day. <laughs> it's amazing. They yeah. really know me. I'm not true. giving evidence in your defence in court. Well, um, that was another episode of Dead Bodies. You can email us if you want to, deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. And it's been a while since we've said thank you to you for listening to us. And if you can click subscribe, that's grass. We love it. Thank and you. tell us your dead body stories. Yeah, please do. And leave us a little five-star rating. That would be lovely. Thank you. Bye now. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.